Welcome to the Utah Women in Leadership podcast. I'm Dr. Susan Madsen, the founding director of the Utah Women in Leadership Project at Utah State University, which has as its mission to strengthen the impact of Utah girls and women. So recently, the Utah Women in Leadership Project, the Governor's Office of Economic Opportunity, and the Cox Henderson Administration have worked together on an inspiring initiative to identify and highlight 100 Utah companies that do a great job of championing women. So for this podcast, I'm highlighting many of these companies or organizations on their policies and programs and initiatives that support families and advance women. Today, we are spotlighting Moxie Law Group. Now, Moxie was founded by women and is a woman-led personal injury law firm with offices in Utah and Dallas. And I'm pleased to welcome Jill Coyle, the owner, and Kara North, a partner at Moxie Law. Welcome to both of you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Thank you. It's great to have you here. And Jill, I'll have you start. Just take a few minutes and introduce us to Moxie. We'd love to have our listeners just know about your organization and what you do. Absolutely. I have been a lawyer in Utah for over 12 years. Um, I've been practicing for over 15 and I actually run another law firm called Coil Law, which um, I have grown since 2014 to be one of the largest um, family law firms in the state. And I've dabbled in personal injury because of friends and family that really needed help in really, really horrible um, tragedies and times. And so I've been doing this and I quickly realized that clearly as a lawyer in Utah, we are a male dominated field. I mean, that's just it. Even though our law schools are showing about 50, 50 now graduates, we are one of the worst, I guess, equality states when it comes to actually practicing attorneys. And I, I noticed that there was no like female personal injury attorneys that were highlighted. Um, we started doing kind of research about it. And I said, you know what? I want to be the first person to start a female led personal injury firm. And I knew I had been done in other States, but in Utah, it just had not been done. And when I set out to create the name Moxie, um, Moxie means tenacious spirit. And that's exactly what I wanted to bring to a female led personal injury firm. I wanted to be able to bring something different that you just are not seeing. I mean, you, let's just all be frank here. You're going to see the billboards. You're going to see, you know, the advertisements, the commercials, and you're going to just not see women. It's just what it is. It's true, Jill. I know (laughs) what you mean. (laughs) And I said, I want to change that. And so I started Moxie Law Group, even though I was running, you know, a multi-million dollar law firm over here, I really wanted to do this um, as my, as something I was passionate about and something that I knew that I could be a, um, a leader in, in bringing forth, you know, really strong female leaders in this field. And sure enough, when did you me, start it? so we started it two years ago. Now we're almost okay. two years, um, in February and sure enough, as soon as I started it, I really wanted to try to find other strong female that are in this field, but again, are just not highlighted. And I tell you what, how I met Kara North, it, it's not just fate. Like 
Kara and I like actually have this weird crossing in the fact that my, our husbands knew each other like years ago. Oh, wow. And we had always said like, oh, we need to meet each other because we're both lawyers. We're both in Utah. Our husbands are in the medical field. We're in the, you know, in the legal field. And we just never crossed paths doing that. And I created a, just a woman's lunch. I know this is a long answer, but um, <laughs> I really wanted to how Kara came in and how she is going to, you know, take this to another level is I started just a women's lunch of personal injury attorneys. And the first lunch we had, who shows up? Kara North. And it was just like, oh, we were supposed to be friends for years. And um, she is a leader and somebody that has been moving personal injury, you know, as a female representative, but just has never been able to step in her own spotlight because she's worked for men. And we, and you know, it just happenstance through this year that we are like, I need you as my partner. And we see in line with what Moxie law can do not only for Utah, but throughout the nation. And we're really, really excited for it. I love that. Any more background, uh, Kara, that you want to want to highlight? So are there just you two, or do you have some other employees as well? We do have a paralegal and a legal assistant right now, but we are looking at expanding quickly because our business is growing as we hoped it would. So we're, we're really excited about the prospects and, and forecasting that's happening within our firm. I obviously Jill is a force. She is amazing and she is such a champion for women. And so when she extended this opportunity to come work with her and really take Moxie to the next level that we wanted it to be at, I was just flattered and super excited. I've been practicing personal injury law since 2010. I initially started out as an insurance defense attorney in Las Vegas and quickly realized that my heart was helping people who have been hurt or injured due to other people's negligence. And so I switched over to the plaintiff side is what we call it, those people who've been injured. And Jill's completely right. Obviously, anyone who listens to your podcast and is in Utah, they see all the personal injury commercials and billboards, and they are all men. And when you break it down at the number level, on on a national level, personal injury attorneys, only 21% of them are female. And in Utah, we have about 8,381 attorneys is what I looked at as far as the most recent statistics. And I am the women's caucus chair for the women's personal injury group here in Utah. And I got the numbers today and we have 50 active members in that chapter. So obviously we can't totally capture there's, I'm assuming there are some that aren't members of our organization, but by and large, if you look at that percentage, we are less than 1% of the attorneys in Utah that are in this legal space and that are helping people who have been injured. And when you think about the fact that the population generally, what, 50% women at least, and women, when they are injured, they can have some very unique experiences, whether it's through, unfortunately, sexual assault cases or, you know, employment issues. Those are going to be really unique to them, and they're not necessarily going to want to have their advocate be another man. And so it's It's important. Yeah, it's important that in this space that it's not only just so other attorneys can grow up or little girls can grow up and be, you know, women personal injury attorneys, but it's also so that the women who need advocates in this space can find them. And that's what we're excited to grow um, Moxie into being so that women who need a champion in their corner when they've been injured know where to go and know that we will have that tenacious spirit to fight for them. Thank you so much. I'm going to shift over to a question that I I would love to just 
move quickly on, and that is when you submitted the application, I don't know if it was you, Kara uh, or Jill, um, you mentioned some or checked the box on some of the family friendly policies or practices um, or advancing women that you have implemented at Moxie and you're a, a a small organization right now you're going to be growing so you've got to be thoughtful on these things but would love to have each of you talk about a couple of those um, absolutely Jill. when i was working like i did my career a little bit backwards for most attorneys i actually came out of law school and went to the small firm and worked my way up until i was working at one of the largest law firms in the state of utah and through that, I had three different experiences of working in, you know, for very, very male-driven policies. When I was at the biggest law firm in Utah, I was pregnant with my third child, and I did not have a clear, distinct um, answer to what my maternity leave would be. And here I am, the primary breadwinner of my family. I, they rely on me for insurance. My husband is in medical school. You know, those things settled, you know, with me thinking, am I going to have to make up my hours afterwards and be basically punished? Am I going to have to be forced back into work, you know, two weeks after having a baby because nobody else is there to take care of my, my cases. And when I was um, six months pregnant in December of 2014 is when I said that I was, I was never going to be able to stand up and have the work environment I wanted as a woman in this space, unless I created my own. Mm. And I left in the middle of that pregnant and all. And I started coil law. And I said that I will always make sure that I have an opportunity and a safe place for women to work, flourish and shine in the space that they deserve. Obviously the statistics are out there. Women work better in less hours. They are more efficient. They're more time management wise. And, you know, when you have a lawyer who is just, you know, tracing the billable hours, you know, a lot of people want to say, well, you can't, you can't, you know, it's apples to apples, like you have to bill your hours, but that's just not how it works. So at Coil Law, and we've transferred all of this to Moxie, I get paid maternity leave. Go ask how many small firms do that. It's just not going to happen. In fact, we've had already two, two um, of our attorneys take that. I pay them fully benefits. I make sure that they're taken care of. I offer, you know, different flexible schedules. If you want to be a 75% attorney, I will support you in that. I have 50% attorneys, women. I have hundred percent. I have 75%. We will support you. If you want to do work from home, we will support you in doing that. So, so as a small firm, I have made sure that my forefront of supporting whoever works at my firm, um, you know, I do, I do paternity leave. I don't think oh, you're going to get that awesome. yeah. because I understand the importance of that. And when I had my first two kids, I did not get maternity leave. It was like, get out, get in and, you know, or you are going to be punished at work. So I wanted a, a different, a different environment and it's worked because my employees don't leave. They are very, very comfortable and love where they work. We support them in who they are, what they are, and we create a very good place for them to be able to shine. And I always I wanted that. to do that. I love one that. Of, one of the benefits that Jill didn't mention that she's been a big proponent of is unlimited PTO. Mm. And I, I appreciate that because 
I am balancing being a mom and being an attorney, right? And so, yeah, in the afternoon, I'm going to run and pick up my son from school and take him to basketball or whatever. And then I'm going to work remotely in the evening or finish up whatever else I need to do. And I just think a lot of times people assume that that benefit is going to be taken advantage of. And I think statistically, it's shown that that's not accurate, that people actually really respect it more. And I think that that's one of the things that Jill brought into Moxie that I think is something our employees always talk about that makes a difference for them and has made a difference for me personally. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. So are there any policies or benefits or, or any, anything around, you know, professional development or different things for women that you would like to share that maybe you're doing, but also maybe you're thinking about doing or exploring. Um, so Jill. Absolutely. So, um, the, one of the things that I had to learn very quickly is working in the big firm. I got no mentorship. Like it was like, work your hours and eventually maybe we'll vote you in a shareholder. And then once you're shareholder, you don't even know what that means. I never wanted to do that. I also never wanted to create a firm where, you know, you're, if you go on vacation, you're, you have to worry about your clients because there's nobody else that's going to have your back. So we've created a system where we have management trainings. And so all of my attorneys work on in both firms, we work on teams. And so we build managers at our firm. So we, we are consistently training, sending people to management training because it's not enough to be a lawyer. Like you have to learn how to communicate. You have to learn how to be able to be empathetic at what we do. And so we are really big on making sure we train that. The other thing is we work in really hard jobs. Like, so we do stress management. We talk really a lot about, um, mental health benefits and we do what we can to make sure that we're keeping our employees really strong, but that they are growing within the organization and that they see a pathway forward to becoming leaders and becoming, you know, the best that they can be. I love that. And, and Tara, I wanted you to ask you a specific question. So one of the boxes that, that you checked was about returnships. I would expect that, or, or, you know, helping women return to work after they've had these career breaks. And I am certain in Utah, and in fact, I know this because I've, I know so many and I have spoken to the Women uh, Lawyers of Utah Association, that there are many women who have gone through law school and feel like they have to do it all or nothing, right? So they drop out and maybe they want to come back part-time and so forth. Tell me a little bit more about how you have done that, um, and how you hope to do that. Yes, absolutely. I think that's a great point because I do have so many of my female counterparts that I've gone to school with that I love, that I engage with on a social level who are home raising their children and um, feeling insecure about how to come back into the workforce. And and one of the policies that Jill mentioned is the fact that, you know, that 50%, that 75%, if you can only handle this type of workload, we, we still know that you've got that mate uh, brain and ability to, to do the work. Right. And so if we can only take you at 50% right now, we will. And if we can only take you at 75% right now, we will. And when you're ready to give hundred percent or when you're ready to give whatever you can give, because your children are either in school or, you know, empty nest, whatever that might look like, we want to support you in that. And I think that that's a policy that is so unique. I know for myself, when I had my maternity leave, it was six weeks 
I actually worked remotely the majority of the time I was on maternity leave and oh. I did a, I did a trial my first day back from maternity leave. Oh my God. And I, and I cried all the way to the courthouse. And I remember, and this is just, I was, I was actually pumping my milk at the courthouse in wow. a room that didn't have a door to lock. And so I just had to like sit my chair against the back of the door and, and I just remember thinking like, this can't be normal. There's this can't be. be a better way. <laughs> and then clear, clearly this courthouse was built by men because there's nowhere for me to store my milk. There's no lock on this door. What's that about? You know? And, and so I, I think there's just been a lot of things that as I've progressed in my career, recognizing that working with Jill, another woman who's been through similar trials and experiences in this profession has made a big difference for me. And I think that as we grow our firm, those practices are what's going to attract other women to want to come work with us. Um, I, I've already had a number of, of women in my, you know, sphere say, hey, when you guys are hiring, will you let me know? Because, uh -huh. because I like what you're doing. I like how you're doing it. And I feel supported even just as you talk about what your firm experience is. And I'm, I'm just ecstatic for that because I know that there are a lot of women that, that need to be highlighted in the way that Jill has helped highlight me and, and how she's brought me along and what we're looking to do as we bring in other women who are just as skilled, just as capable and knowledgeable in their field, but also know that they need to juggle being a mom and a wife or a partner or whatever that might look like. Yeah. And I was, I love, I love what you just said. And, and, but even, even if a woman is not a mother, mm -hmm. um, there is, so many women have appetites to do community work, to get involved in right. other kinds of things and don't necessarily want to be, you know, working 80 hours a week, like many lawyers do at some firms, right? So I think yeah. it's attractive to women who are mothers, definitely, but but women who may have their kids empty nesters, all those different phases or women that have not even had children, but really want that work-life balance. Exactly. And I think, you know, I don't know if it was the pandemic or what that really changed, I think for me, a lot of my perspective on what that balance looks like. And I think, you know, yes, regardless of whether it's motherhood or advocacy or whatever else is taking up your time, you need to be able to have that healthy balance. Because if you don't have that, then I think it's, it's not only reflected in your mental health, but it's reflected in your work product. It's reflected in how you care for your clients and, and they can, they can perceive when you're happy at your job or when they're not. And they can perceive when you're at your best to advocate for them and when, and when you're not. And I think for both Jill and I, we come to work because we want to give our best to our clients. We care about them. We love them. We want to support them. We want to be in their corner at a time when they're vulnerable. And so having these you know, policies that create that work-life balance has made all the difference, especially for me. Thank you. And Jill, I have a specific question for you. So you have COIL Law. And then you, that's a little bit of an older organization. And then you're now starting and, and moving forward with uh, Moxie. So you, of course, I'm sure just listening to you both, uh, probably have some passion around pay equality and pay equity. So even as your early company, you want to kind of have practices and policies and different things. Jill, tell me about as you're even thinking about this moxie growing you know how are you thinking about making sure what are you going to do to make sure that that pay is really equitable um and and you you have in moxie just women right mm -hmm. and that's great 
but even there's equity and equality around women with women, right? Right. Um, so tell me a few of your thoughts. Well, it's a big issue, especially in Utah. We know that pay equality is non-existent in Utah. Um, and there's a lot of reasons behind it. Um, I'm a champion of women in recognizing that you have a voice and you have an, a, a duty to make sure that you're asking questions, that you know that you are worthy and worth what you are valued at. I know my worth. I'm worth a lot. And I charge a lot. And if you don't want to pay it, then go somewhere else. But I champion all women to recognize that, you know, you have to open your mouth. Like you have to counter, like I I also give opportunities. So when, when I have people, you know, want a job and we make a job offer, you know, once we, you know, solidify a salary, I'll be also the first one to teach them. Listen, let me tell you a little bit about negotiating salaries and where we came in. Like, I also have full transparency with my managers, with Kara, my partner with Moxie law. We have full transparency about pay, about what is going on behind doors, because I'm not here for Moxie like those other guys to make millions and millions of dollars off the backs of these associates. Like we're in the work doing the work because the only way you make good attorneys is to be in the example so that they know what they want to live up to and they believe what you are doing. So I consistently am in the trenches with my attorneys, going to trial with them and, you know, helping them understand litigation and connections and communication. And we do it as a team. Um, so they recognize value and then I make sure they see it. I pay my attorneys, women or men pursuant to their value. And because of that, I don't have my women that leave. I don't have men that leave my organization because we pay, pursuant to value. And they see that. And, and you're I transparent, which is super transparent. Yeah, yeah. That, that is actually a key based on research for women in terms of negotiation, in terms of everything. They're more likely to, to speak up when they know when things are transparent. Absolutely. Yeah. Dr. Matson, just, uh, you know, speaking on the opposite side of that experience, I've worked at other law firms where that transparency didn't exist. And where for five years, I would ask, wait, how am I getting paid? How is this bonus working? How is that? And, and it was a number of really difficult conversations, one of which where I was just accused of being jealous of another partner or, you know what I mean? And it, and it, because I was asking for transparency about my pay. And I, and I think that having had those unfortunate experiences comes with us to our new firm. And we say, never, never again, that's not going to happen. That's not how we're going to treat people that come into our firm. And, um, And I think like Jill said, that value recognition, but also recognizing ways we can add to their value so that they can see how what they're doing translates into additional compensation makes a difference. Thank you so much. We're we're almost out of time. So I'm going to give you the last question and just ask for maybe a minute from each of you. So uh, Carol, let's start with you on this. What final advice would you give to other you know, business owners or, or businesses in general, based on your experience with these kinds of offerings, what would you say? What, what advice would you give? I would say if you're thinking about it, you're probably already too late. Like you just need to do it. 
You know, I think that was one of the things that Jill taught me, you know, I've wanted to have, you know, more female inclusive work environments and recognizing that we can really contribute in this space. And so if you're feeling that inclination or if you're feeling you can fill a need or a gap in that, whatever that work sphere is for you, do it. Don't hesitate, move forward, take the risk. People will be there to support you and have your back. And, and I feel like that's what I've learned with my partnership with Jill and I'm so grateful for it. So just move forward and do it. Excellent. Jill. My advice would be that you can have a toxic environment, whether you work for women or work for men. I've had some horrible women bosses that, so that we could go down that rabbit hole. But one of the things I do know is that if you continue to improve on your value, hone your craft, be the best at what you are, then nobody's going to be able to stop you. And that's exactly what I did. I had all these naysayers telling me you're not good enough. You're, you can't do this. You're too emotional. You're too this. And I remember just thinking, wait, but the client who matters really loves me, loves what I do. The commissioners, the judges, the people that really matter. And I kept just saying, I'm just going to keep getting better. I'm just going to keep getting better. And what that did was I was able to take that experience into my own business And not only was I the best lawyer in town, I was able to then hone and really develop other amazing attorneys. Coil Law, we have 12 attorneys that work for us now. Moxie, we're starting small, but we're going to blow up. We're already blowing up. And we're looking for strong females that are ready to come to a place that values them, sees them. So if you're listening, email (laughs) us. (laughs) I love it. Thanks to our guests, Jill Coyle and Kara North from Moxie Law Group. And thank you as listeners for taking the time to join us today on this podcast episode hosted by the Utah Women and Leadership Project at Utah State University in partnership with Utah Public Radio, USU Extension, and the John M. Huntsman School of Business. And a special thanks to Denise Call, our producer. To learn more about our research resources and events, please visit us at utwomen.org and visit in utah.org to learn more about other companies that champion women and also to learn more about the inspire utah campaign more broadly thank you